Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to Arizona Good Business Radio, featuring leaders in the Arizona business community working to build a lasting impact throughout our state through doing good business. I'm your host, Thomas Barr, Vice President of Business Development at Local First Arizona. We are a statewide organization advocating for and celebrating locally owned businesses, and we're the largest local business coalition in North America, providing resources to thousands of small businesses while raising awareness of the benefits of building a strong local economy. So stoked and excited to be here today with my colleagues, friends, business partners. I don't know what you call it, guys, anymore, but <laughs> Eric Verdin, the founder of Next Gen Partner Strategies, and Stephen Harris, the co-owner of Journey Payroll. Welcome to the studio, guys. Thanks for being here. Great to be here. Thanks, Thomas. I think we're we're good friends now. We've known each other a long time. Yeah, so. yeah. And I mean, we can chat basketball. We could chat yeah. running. Maybe we'll delve a little bit into that today. We'll All see. Right. But I invited both of you on the show today for many reasons. First of all, I've I've known both of you for for years. You've been great partners of Local First, just been great members of the community. One of the unique things I think that both of you do is that you have, uh, a, you know, your, your main companies are companies that the average consumer doesn't really think about. Eric in payroll processing, Stephen in, uh, you know, payroll HR. Like these aren't things that the everyday person going to buy their coffee from a local coffee shop or go to a local restaurant is thinking about like, oh, I'm so glad I supported those businesses today. But you are essential to the function of small businesses. But the unique aspect is you don't just have your businesses, you actually care, which I love, right? And so would love to first have you both share a little bit about who you are and what you do. But I'd love to, if you could also share like, what is it that's unique about operating your business in the industry that you're in? I uh, would love to hear about that, too. Sure. How about you start, Eric? So my name is Eric Veraden, founder of NextGen Partner Strategies. We are a payment processing company. So we started, I guess we'll just start where we started the company, yeah. right? In 2003, when I moved here from Oregon. And speaking of that, why I moved, I, I had been in the payment processing industry for about two years prior to that. Started when I was 22. I got right out of college, got it, um, introduced to it by a good friend of mine. And so at that time, I was going through, I was like, you know, I don't know. I've been in sales for years, but not really finding anything that's just jumping out at me. I took some business classes in college. I went through and started working for him. I took a, a two-week vacation from my current job at the time. And so my during that two-week vacation, I went to work for him out of his apartment and I was literally on the phones calling small businesses to save money on credit card processing. And this is 2000, 2000, 2001. <laughs> so I was like, you know, so that, that was my vacation. But I was very motivated. I wanted to, to change something in my life at that time. I wanted to really do something different. And so in those two weeks, I ended up making more money at the time. Again, I was like 21, 22. Then I did in a month at my mm. current position. I was like, okay, well, let's maybe this is maybe I want something here. So I ended up putting in my two-week notice when I got back from vacation and went to work for him full-time, again, out of that apartment. Long story short, I'll wrap it up, but, you know, in six months, I had realized that the company, I learned it really well, um, started hiring salespeople to take my position so I could go out and go in the field myself. Um, so learned that real well, but then I also realized that the way they did business in the back-end company that they actually worked for, the bank, 
um, were not the uh, most uh, on the up, uppity up, if you will. Like it, <laughs> it was, uh, it was interesting. Um, I, I ended up leaving that company in about a year right after I left. They, the parent company was taken over by the FTC. Mm. So I, I realized I knew something was wrong. <laughs> right in the nick um, of time. Uh, right <laughs> in the nick of time. I went to work then for a large payment processing slash bank, JP Morgan Chase. You may have heard of them. And I, I've worked for them for close to a year through another independent in the Portland area. It was just very slow moving. Mm. Signing up a merchant account at the time was like buying a house. I mm. mean, it took two weeks and the paperwork was absolutely ridiculous yeah. I mean, compared to what we have now. I said, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. But I actually got, you know, I, I watched him at that company at J.P. Morgan Chase. He actually got referrals. So that's something I never realized how to get on my prior <laughs> company. Like, we never got one referral. I was like, well, that's not like, that's not my personality. I like to talk and get referrals. So no way. I learned how to <laughs> right, get, right. <laughs> I learned how to get referrals. I learned how to sell it real well at the first company and and run the business and, and grow the business. But also how to get referrals through him. I said, I can do, I can take the best of both worlds eliminate the negatives and accentuate the positives and start my own company. And then I had already visited Arizona a couple of times. Um, I knew some people here and I just I went around to some businesses, kind of test marketed it. Yeah. Way different climate. Yeah, not necessarily quote unquote climate, like yeah. you have like sun. Well, that was very different also than Portland, <laughs> but it's just a business climate it was just more feasible for me to start this business here than back there. And it's so, so I said, funny I'm moving. You say that. Yeah. I tell that to people all the time is there's not a lot of red tape to starting a business in Arizona. I mean, you're, you know, two people away from most people you need to get in touch with. You can go online and register in minutes. And yeah. as long as you connect to the right folks, then you can get started. Yeah, so, it, yeah. it was, it was and just not only that, but just the people, the, the business owners I'm going to see, it just was more, they were more inviting. Mm -hmm. um, they hadn't been burned as much as the Portland area was very saturated with what I was starting to do. Gotcha. So I said, there's no way this is going to happen. And just, just the attitude here, I think people are happier in general because, you know, it's nine months of sun yeah. instead of nine months of rain. Um, no offense to the people in Portland still, that vitamin D but does help. it does help. It really does. And so yeah. I just felt, uh, I needed to change myself too. So at 24 moved here in 03 started what we used to be national processing solutions. We went through a name change in 19, yeah. uh, to next gen, but same acronym NPS, but, uh, started the company then and, uh, have grown it and gone strong ever since history so, from there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm so glad that we came in contact. Gosh eight, nine years ago, however long ago 10, it was. Yeah, yeah almost it was 10, 10 years. Yeah. Um, and Stephen, we've been working together maybe the last five or six at five, least. Yeah, five, longer. Or, almost six now, I think, yeah. You know, the last, the two years of the pandemic is just a blur. Like, totally. I, you know, I don't even count those years sometimes. But tell us a little bit about Journey, which I remember when I first went to our CEO and said, hey, met this great company, Journey. I think that we should actually do payroll with them, which we still do at Local First. Yep. And she was just like, okay, but, you know, I'm just going to have Don't Stop Believing stuck in my head for the next <laughs> yeah. 20 years. You got to love Kimber. I mean, she's got the record store, so she knows she's yeah. going straight to the tunes. You yeah. know, how can I correlate that? But yeah. that's true. We hear that a lot. <laughs> and it it so may or may not be blasting in her office once a week. We don't know. Right when you walk in the door, just <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Eric and I were both in the processing business. There's nothing really sexy about it. And yeah. you kind of opened it up with like, not a lot of people know how it works. Mm -hmm. And so what we've been able to do here locally is kind of bring a refreshing way to how things are handled for small businesses and entrepreneurs and being the experts in the field. But it's it's not just processing, it's developing the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why we aligned with you guys so well 
is you support the small business community at such a high level. And that was the reason why we launched our Phoenix location here in 2017. And we met very early on. I think it was before our first year of operating here in Phoenix. Mm. I think it was 2018. Mm-hmm. And so I own and operate that location and we have a focus on small businesses. Mm-hmm. And really what we do is when you're an employee and you get paid and you get your direct deposit, you're like, oh, I got my $1,500 or however much you get paid. And But there's a lot that goes on that the employer has to work with. And it's with your social security, your Medicare taxes, making sure those are all dialed in, making sure that your hours are tracked and making sure your onboarding documents are in check and everything's being filed to the IRS and the state agencies. Mm -hmm. Well, as an employer, there's a lot of compliance issues and complexities that come with that. And so as a payroll provider, we streamline that process through our technology Mm -hmm. and then we support them on a relationship uh, level by assigning a, a dedicated payroll specialist, we handhold them through the implementation process, and we transition clients from large national publicly traded companies all year long. There's never really a bad time to transition. Yeah. Um, but if you were going to pick a good one, it would be January. That's, <laughs> that's the best one. So we don't wink, have to— Wink, wink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's um, October. No. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So we're sitting here in fourth quarter, and, uh, you know, if you're considering things, you know, Journey Payroll is where you want to hit us up at. But I will say, so I started—my career started at ADP— my dad is an entrepreneur. He built a payroll tax software in the mid-90s. Imagine being a software developer with no internet and mm-hmm. a fax machine. And <laughs> he's got like a Bible, his book that he calls it just writing code. And it's man's wow. a genius. So that's kind of where I grew up uh, in this entrepreneurial type family. And when I was 22, I started working for him in sales. And two years later, he sold the company to ADP. Mm. And so I was working with ADP. And I remember right, when, right before he sold the company, I said, hey, dad, I, I think I want to start my own business. I want to be a payroll provider and support small businesses and yada, yada. Because the software that he wrote was for payroll providers to use on the back end to batch file, you know, and, and schedule and pay all of the, the, the payroll taxes. He goes, the company is being sold to ADP. They are the largest, most successful payroll company in the world. Mm-hmm. They are the best sales organization in the world. Be a sponge. And when you're ready, you'll know. Mm-hmm. And that was the best advice I ever got from mm-hmm. him. So I stayed with ADP for another seven years, got certified in payroll, took all the leadership classes, and just was a sponge. And as I was talking to my clients, other payroll companies across the country, I was doing a lot of traveling back then, I would ask them, I was like, who are the types of clients you serve? Who, how do you operate your back end? How many employees do you have supporting thousands of small businesses? And I found that you can run very, very lean. You don't need a massive organization like an ADP style mm. and be a little bit more of that local boutique feel with all the similar technology. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so cool to be tied into the community so tight. So we launched in 2017 and uh, we're focused on small business. Anyone from one employee all the way up to about three, 400 is mm. kind of where we focus on. Um, but even those realtors, those doctors, those solopreneurs, self-employed individuals, there's a strategy that we work with local CPAs on how to save that self-employment tax by electing to be an S-Corp and mm-hmm. rerun the reasonable salary through the payroll system, kick out a W-2, and you get that deduction yeah. on your taxes. So yeah. it's a great gig. I love it. We've got a little over 700 clients now in just under six or just over six years, wow. and it's purely focused on relationships. And LFA, Local First, you guys are a big partner of ours, legacy partner. We've been uh, for years. And I remember when I first walked into your office and we sat down next to your desk and we yep. were chatting about the partnership, and then I got a call like two weeks later, you're like, hey, so we want a demo. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, this is What's awesome. That? Let's go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we were, you know, just trying to figure it all out. And now we've got a great team. You know, we're a well-oiled machine and and everyone's just rock solid. And yeah. 
as I mentioned, it's, it's no, no clients are a number. We're all about building lifers and hmm. we've had over 98% retention year over year since we've tracked it cool. in the trailing 12 months every quarter, awesome. uh, which is just fantastic. And I think it's a testament to the community as well. Cool. I think a lot of local businesses want to support local. So it's interesting. <clears throat> I, uh, a testament to yourself and, and just our industries, you know, we're both in the quote unquote processing industries, mine payment, yours payroll, right? Mine's very confusing. I still get confused on taxes. I'm st- I, <laughs> yeah. I can never figure it out. And thank you to Journey. I used to be with ADP. That you guys have helped me out tremendously. Just using you for our payroll at NextGen. So I just wanted to give you a shout out there. That you guys have been amazing. And like you said, the small boutique. We love that as we're the same exact way. And that's how we built ourselves too. So I, yeah, I, I just had to give you a shout out to Journey Payroll and yourself, Stephen. That you guys helped me. Uh, try to understand it the best I can. And it's, it's difficult. Yeah. I appreciate that because it is, it is difficult. You're good at what you're good at. Right. And we work with a lot of companies who are in the trades as well. They're great at, you know, HVAC. They're great at plumbing. They're great at flooring, but payroll and accounting and yeah. back office. Now we can partner and build, but we consult, right. And we try to educate our clients on what a payroll tax is, what social security is, what Medicare is, right. And your FICA taxes and tax returns and all that stuff. We don't get into the weeds too much if you don't want us to, <laughs> but we're there to be a resource. Yeah. But I think what's cool is I met you about similar time. Yeah. I met Thomas at one of their mixers, one of the monthly events that you guys do. And you are, you're a visionary, dude. You came right up and you're like, okay, I do payment processing. You do payroll. I can't stand Heartland. Let's figure out a way to make this work. <laughs> and True we've story. been partnering uh, together for yeah. the last four or five years Absolutely. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Well, kind of back to what you both touched on and and what I had uh, started with is um, when, so when I go out and, you know, uh, I know that uh, I just spoke at Anthem Rotary um, and it's so funny. The next day I get, I got a call from Tempe Rotary. So I love going to Rotary clubs and talking all the time and, we, we haven't get, put you in the system. I swear you're not getting spammed. But, <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, we get invited to groups to come out and talk about our work at Local First because it's unique and different. And people are interested to hear about, like, what, what is this organization? What do you do? And one of the things I usually start with is talking about secondary jobs, which is not a term that most people, you know, it's not, it's not something we're talking about every day. You usually don't hear about that on the news. But both of you are representative of what I would call a secondary job, which is, or secondary industry. It's something that the regular everyday consumer doesn't come in contact with, but is essential for the economy to run, right? The, you are what drives dollars through the economy every single day. When you go to local coffee shop, restaurant, put money on the counter or pay with your card, that money doesn't stay there. It goes to other businesses to help that business actually function. And so every business needs to run credit cards. Every business needs to run payroll. I can only imagine, and I know this through knowing both of you, that your industries are heavily competitive. Um, Not only, I mean, Eric, you're going up against some of the biggest companies in the world, Square, PayPal, um, you know, all all of these massive companies running credit cards. You're going up against, you know, your former employer, ADP, massive companies. How do you focus on competing with those companies? What do you bring to the table usually that a business says, hey, you know what? Yeah, I think it makes sense to maybe give you a try rather than go with the big guys. I guess I'll start. We've been going up against before the squares and the, you know, the tech boom, if you will, you know, back in the early 2000s, uh, the internet still wasn't that prevalent, right? So we we would still go up against the banks. We'd still be, Mm. we're going up against Wells Fargo, Bank of America, the big guys. And it's just, it's an interesting mindset. 
in the beginning versus how you can change it with a, a business owner uh, or our clients, right? The business owner. Well, I'm with my bank. Well, you think, oh, I got a good deal because I'm with my bank. I never look at it. I don't need to. Well, that's that's kind of the opposite of what you should be doing. Um, you're with your bank. I've looked at, I can't say how many times, then you look at what they're actually getting charged through some of the banks. Mm-hmm. It's flabbergasting to look at. Um, like, you, you realize that, oh, well, I you know, I thought I could trust them. It's it's a factor. Then once you start building trust and say, hey, we're not giving, we're not putting you in a three-year contract. It's month to month with us. We want to earn your business, not make you stay with us for three years. Mm-hmm. And that's really how we built it. No contracts. So you say, hey, in 30 days, just switch. I I, I can't, I can't show you. I can't prom. I can promise it till I'm blue in the face. But you got to really just see it yourself by switching to us and allowing us to, you know, give a few months under the belt. And if you like us, then you'll be happy. And then you're going to refer your friends that are other business owners, et cetera. And that's really how we grew our business. But, you know, then it shifted to to the squares of the world, right? And the larger larger groups, right? In the late 2000s, early 2010s, that's when it really started to shift. And it's like, uh, at first, it was a little intimidating. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we've, you know, we're, we're kind of used to competing very, you know, to be in our industry, you have to have thick skin and you have to be highly competitive, Two things I will say that I'm, I'm I was born with. I was, I'm very competitive, unfortunately, to a to a fault, <laughs> no, um, no. and that can <laughs> when we're, when I'm eating with the kids at the table, I'm like, hey, I finished first. What's up? You know, so so, so we're not going to play Monopoly. <laughs> yeah, we're so. not. Gonna, and I'll be <laughs> no, so it was a little little intimidating, but you know, we're going with Square, and then then you realize. What they just did, because it was a race to zero with our pricing, right? Yeah. Rates were like, oh, I can beat you. Uh, we're fighting against each other as uh, what we call independent organizations for uh, pr- or credit card processing organizations. We're fighting against each other. Soon enough, it's like, hey, we're at, you know, we're making you know, five pennies a month off of this account. I mean, what's the point of even boarding the account anymore? We can't yeah. afford it. So what's which interesting, we turned a negative into a positive with like the squares of the world and those other companies. They they gave their their rates are very high. And even with the ones that go for the restaurants, I'm not gonna keep saying companies' names, but they their rates are extremely high. Mm-hmm. But merchants use them because they're they just oh well it's just something that's I've heard of and it's all it's out there. my friend uses yeah. it. Yeah. So and then the software, the software works usually. So we're like, hey, what they just did, now now we're on a path to where our partners and ourselves have created softwares that are competing and or are better in certain ways, certain facets, that allow us to then do the same exact thing and compete with a Squares software-wise at a lower rate. Because, but they what they've just done is raise the industry rate bar, if yeah. you will, back to where it was in the nineties. Mm. I'm like, okay, well, thank you for doing that. Now we can go in again and start. It's, 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 yeah. a, it's a circle. It's a cycle, right? Yeah. So I find it, you know, with us, especially locally, we answer our phones. My team answers. They're, 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 they're amazing. One thing that a lot of the companies don't do, we have everything here based in the United States. We do not farm anything out service wise. I can say service still in blue in the face, but we we do i feel like we do offer a very good good service for that and and you do need to have a good representative managing your credit card processing it's something you shouldn't have to look at but you do look at Some, yeah. sometimes things do occur sometimes things go awry sometimes funding happens some issues i mean there's always going to be something but you at least have us as a as a, a team and my staff and i and our partners that can back you up yeah. and be there for you 
and I could get into the whole chargeback thing, that's another side of the industry that a lot of these large companies do not assist you with right. at all. Right. We do. Right. That's a huge thing, which that can take another 25 minutes of, <laughs> of talking about it, but I'm not going to get into that right now. So. <laughs> well, thank you, Eric. Yeah. And um, Stephen, I know you take a similar approach. So what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah. I mean, we're in the commodity-based business, right? And so we've actually taken pricing out of the equation by how we interact with our clients. I think accessibility is one of the most underrated qualities that a business can have when it's when it's done well. Mm-hmm. Um, in the payroll industry, when I was working at ADP and, and large national companies, same way, you've got some of the kind of Google-based payroll companies, if you will, where you get a chat system for support and you're waiting two hours on hold to ask how to set up a deduction, right? And so when you have a company that you can call, text, email, and you get the responses right then and there, I mean, that just goes a long way. And that's why our retention is so high is because we're developing the relationship with the client. Mm-hmm. We're not publicly traded, so there's no shareholders that we need to appease to. We're mm-hmm. not churn and burn trying to get clients in and out, in and out. We're like, we're trying to, we're building lifers. We want yeah. clients in and then we're going to keep them. Yeah. And we're going to educate them and we're going to serve them at a high level. But I think it just comes back to the the competition piece. When you take, when you're in a commodity-based business and you take the pricing out of the equation, it's just at the end of the day, how do you communicate with your customers, right? There's no matter where you go, at least in my world, there's always going to be mistakes, whether mm-hmm. it's the client or whether it's the provider. It's inevitable. You're processing on a weekly, bi-weekly, monthly. You're just, it's processing on a, on a consistent basis. And there's a lot of different types of pays and taxes and all things, right? So when there is an issue, how is that communication back to the client? Is it, oh, I'll get to it when I get to it. I've got a bunch of other clients to deal with. Or is it immediately as soon as the issue is identified, rally the troops together, come up with a plan and give the client options on how to resolve and do it quick, just yeah. like that, right? And I think what businesses and especially small businesses really need is just communication and resolution. They don't care that the issue ha- I mean, they might care a little bit that the issue happened, but what they care about is how you're going to fix it and yeah. what have you implemented to not let it happen again. Yeah. And I think that's what we do really, really well. I'll never go anywhere and say that we're 100% perfect. No one is. And so when those types of things happen, the way we uh, react and resolve is our bread and butter. Yeah. It's so, it's pretty insane that in this day and age, I mean, you're you're talking about very, very basic human things, answering your phone right, <laughs> and communicating with your clients. Right. It's kind of crazy that, I mean, the nature of why we do this show, the nature of why we have the Arizona Good Business Summit every year is we're trying to ingrain in the business community that being a good business owner, like, really starts at the basics. Like, do you care about people? Right. How do you show that that care and communication to them? And are you just, like, a part of the community? Are you holding yourself accountable to the clients that you work with and the people that you serve? And so it's pretty wild to me, just from my perspective and working with so many entrepreneurs throughout Arizona, that, like, that's really all you need to do yeah. to just be a good business. Well, and I think being an entrepreneur, knowing how to scale and develop your team is just as essential as communicating, take care of your client. I mean, at the end of the day, your people are should come first. Mm-hmm. And when you can educate them to be an entrepreneur, if you will, have that growth mindset, that entrepreneur mindset, teach them the back end of the business and how this stuff kind of operates on the back end as a business owner and the things that you go through, being transparent, ha- sharing a mindset shift with them, and they start to become business owners themselves and their mm-hmm. book of clients that they're working with, they, they care so much about that, that group yeah. that they're going to process their payroll and they're going to answer their phone because that's their baby, right? Yeah. That's their business. And, yeah. if they were, and so when you educate that within your team, 
I think that goes a long way. And those large nationally publicly traded companies, it's churn and burn and turnover at staff as well. Yeah, they're just right. not offering that. It, yeah. Exactly. Well, I've loved both of, uh, that about both of you is that over time, uh, you know, I've been able to just pick up the phone and just like, hey, like this is going on with our organization. What do you think? I was just doing this with Eric. You know, we've got a fall festival coming up. Hey, we're, we don't process, you know, a ton of payments every single day. But on this one event, you know, we'll do 15, 20 grand in credit cards in one day. What do you recommend? Like, what's the new technology out there? Like, let's get your take. Um, Steve and I remember when Local First um, was about to hit 50 employees. You know, things change yeah. once you grow to that size. Like, hey, what should we be looking out for? What should we be planning for? All that kind of stuff, which I super appreciate both of you bringing to the table just in being business guys in the community and having that mindset. What I also appreciate is that you both are doing things outside of your general businesses that are just fun and interesting to you. Eric, you are also the owner of a local gym in North Phoenix. Steven, you started Oppo Flow, which is yeah. a really, really cool new initiative. So I'd love to hear about those things too, because I want everybody to know that, the, you know, the business industries you're in, like while they might be boring in a sense, um, you also do fun things in business that you love to do as well. So tell us about yeah. those. So versus what the general mindset is, or at least used to be about the stuffy banker, old banker <laughs> in a high rise, we do in your credit card processing, you never see us. <laughs> that is like, I think the uh, complete opposite of Steven and myself. Uh, you know, we've, we're, we're in the community. We like to go out there, have fun and, and just be ourselves. I'm speaking for you right now. Yeah. yeah, no, <laughs> you're good. I feel like that's, that's legit. You know, again, go, going back, just to add on to the last part, you know, we, I like my team and I, we, we want to add a consultative approach to our clients with the, you know, the, the shape companies are not going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so <laughs> I love that. I'm using that. I'm a, stealing that. It's a four side shape. So, or a, not a rectangle. Yeah. So anyways, we had a consultative approach and, uh, you know, we really, we really take my, 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 like what Steven's point was our team, my team takes ownership of the clients and that's, when you really, that's when you get it really good. That's when our team is uh, the most effective when they, they actually care about each and every single client, something that the other companies typically aren't going to do. Cause mm -hmm. like Steven said, it's turn and burn. We do not have that. My employees have been with me. My core has been with me, with me for years. They're what keep our company going, honestly. Yeah. So back to the fun stuff. So again, not being you know, a stuffy banker in a high rise, not seeing your <laughs> clients, I do own, I co-own a functional fitness CrossFit style gym studio uh, we actually started it back in 2011, but it's called Blur Fitness. We're in North Scottsdale, right by the airstrip on the air in the air park. Cool. That's something that I needed to, in 2011, you know, we were, I was like, you know, I want to get into something else. I've been doing this for, at that time, 10 years. And it really is, I like to, I like to work out. I like to be active. I love to run. So that kind of put everything together in this type of workouts that I like to do. I was like, Hey, well, let's I talk to a partner. Man. Let's start a gym. Why don't we yeah. just do that? <laughs> so well, we did anyways, long story short, we just opened up. We finally kind of grew up. I should, should say matured and opened up a, like a nice facility in the air <laughs> no park. Cobwebs. No cobwebs. <laughs> uh, I mean the last place, like I said, like when, before we started, I just cleaned it out last weekend. And I mean, it was like, it was like the red dungeon. I mean, it really was It's very eerie when there's nobody in there and nothing, just, you know, just cobwebs and holes in the ceilings. And, but we still have an amazing following and it kind of goes back to the small business and we're just our, our team of, they're not employees, they're members. 
they love being there and that's their that's their release for the day. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are in the professional industries and it's like a mental drain every day. A lot of us go through, a lot of them go through, and then they come to blur, whether it's in the morning or in the afternoon. And they just release it and they're with other people, like-minded people. And it's just, it's a great camaraderie, great team atmosphere. And so, yeah, we just moved into a, a new facility right there in the air park and we're super happy. It's, it's, it actually looks like, you know, we got like 7,000 square feet. I'm like, I can't believe this is our gym right now. This yeah. is, this is ours. That's like awesome. I looked at it on Saturday. I was like, wow, we actually have nice mats. We actually <laughs> have uh, like, this is amazing. Everything's yeah. clean. And we have offices. We have, we're going to build a recovery center, a cold tub plunge, all these different things. And it's nice to be able to transition my mind to something versus, you know, credit card processing in an all day, every day point of sale systems to this. It's a complete different thing. Yeah. But then it comes back to, we need to take payments at the gym. How are we going to do this? How are we going to streamline payments? So now that, that hat is also being put back on. I'm like, okay, we need a terminal up front. We need this, a kiosk. We need this and that. So while it is taking me, it's also, I'm combining both worlds with it also. But yeah. it's a great release, and it's something that I just enjoy. I really enjoy doing. I feel like a, a lot of us need a few different outlets. Yeah. Um, especially, for you sure. know, Steven, guys like, guys like you, I mean, going, going hard and really, you know, focusing on being professional, you, you need to do something else and just kind of release that. And that helps you come back and almost meditate. Go at okay. I'm getting up in the morning the next day, and you know, focusing on my my main career, if you will, the breadwinner, if you will. But then you have this as an outlet. Yeah. So that's Love what's it. helped me. Super cool. And Steve, yeah. tell us about Oppo Flow too. Want to hear about that? Yeah. So that's I mean a really really good segue uh, into what I developed with Oppo Flow. It was born about 18 months ago, and it's really just a mindset shift. And you know, my goal is to inspire, uh, I say, millions of people to achieve a mindset shift towards their own success. And I think. A lot of this was born coming out of COVID. I think people were lost and trying to figure out what their what the rest of their life is looking like and how do I get there and what are my goals and my dreams and you know you, you're lost. And I, I was one of those people. You know I call it chaotic organization where I didn't necessarily I knew where everything was but I didn't know kind of the pathways and how to get there. So I developed Oppo Flow, which is all based around opportunity and it's all thinking back of the pivotal moments that you've had in your life that got you where you are today and how do you stack more of those right? How do you recognize more good opportunities, say yes or no to, that'll change your life in a positive way, change the trajectory. And so Oppo Flow starts with the open mind. Defining your purpose is absolutely key. Once you define what it is that you want and where you want to go, then that's what helps you decide what to do and what not to do. If it doesn't align, say no. You're probably going to say no a lot more than you're going to say yes when you actually have this defined for yourself. And then prepare, be a constant knowledge seeker, and then you'll recognize good opportunities. So it's OPPO is an acronym and then everything kind of flows in a more meaningful way. So I built out this framework and what I've actually done, I've been in an entrepreneur for the last six years, a little over six years, but I've been in the payroll and HR space working with small businesses for 16 years. Mm. And I've seen this a lot in a lot of other entrepreneurs where you're on an island a little bit sometimes where things happen and you don't have a lot of people to go to. You've got to just make those decisions. Yeah. And so this mindset, what I've been able to do is I go work with entrepreneurs and their teams or leadership teams or solopreneurs and put together these workshops that goes through the framework of how this mindset works. How do you recognize more good opportunity? How do you leverage the knowledge that you had, the people around you? And then making sure you're taking immediate action going all in. Mm. Now, when that happens, it doesn't mean that everything's going to go right. So then it's like, how do we deal with the obstacles? And I coined this as the mindset that never shows you a loss. And it's all how about how you approach the different situations that you're in. If you're going to get frustrated and scared and angry and run away, 
that's you've got to change that habit, right? Yeah. It's not it's pivot and learn, not run and hide. Yeah. And so that's what I'm trying to educate and teach. Um, I do this with my team. I do this with other entrepreneurs, and I have a few different outlets. And so you talked about outlets, right? Being in the payroll business, it's very back office, boring kind of stuff. Processing. We've talked about this a couple of times. But my outlet is I also have a podcast. It's called the Success Flow Podcast. Thomas, you've been on it. Yeah, um, with my, fun. Yeah, with my buddy Phil. And it's all about sharing the highlight snippets and frameworks of what success looks like for the individuals that are on the show. A lot of times Phil and I are just collaborating together, but, you know, ripping back and forth. But the perception of success is different for everybody. And that's what we're trying to help people realize is define that for yourself. And then I can help you get you, get you there. Right? Love it. And then we have the email newsletter. I send that Thursday afternoons. Actually, the next, uh, flight number 29 is going out today. It's an email newsletter. It's just sharing various opportunity stories, pivotal moments of myself or others, um, guests, uh, people that are uh, open to sharing their story, or a mindset shift, just random little things that are quick three to five minute reads. And uh, it's free to subscribe. You can go to oppoflow.com and, and check that out. But I think it's just really neat to, I've always wanted to write. I've always wanted to be out there and growing the business for the first four or five years, I didn't have that ability. I had to be in it constantly, hours and hours and hours grinding, right? I'm at the point now where I can let that out. I'm such a happier person. I'm such a stronger person mentally and all that. So it worked for me. And so I feel called to share it with others um, through the team workshops, through the podcast, through the newsletter. And there will be other things I won't mention here yet because (laughs) then I actually have to do them. (laughs) But there's a lot of of stuff coming from this. What's really neat about it is you kind of alluded to, it correlates with journey payroll. If I'm in there with small businesses, I'm bringing an added value of mindset shift. Then, oh, by the way, I can also handle your payroll processing. Or I'm talking with solopreneurs or coaches, how to achieve this mindset to work with your clients. Oh, by the way, I can help with your payroll processing, right? And that goes a long way with developing my team as well. I'm right very open with this initiative and what I'm doing, and they all have buy-in, and they listen to the podcast, they list, they read the storybook, and yeah. it's just a really neat thing that uh, I, I really kicked off early part of this year. Right on. I right wish on. that would have existed uh, when I was in the in the mid-2000s, you know, when I was kind of starting out and, you know, just sitting there for a number of years. And even after that, I mean, years later— you're, you're on an island by yourself yeah. as a business owner. Sure. And I have, you know, let's say at the time, let's say we have 15 employees every day. At the end of the day, I come home and I'm like, you know, I need to like share something with somebody that is on the same. I need to share ideas, but I have nobody to share them with. Yeah. I need to know if, if I'm doing something wrong. Am I doing yeah. something right? Uh, you know, if I call my, my, my attorney, you know, then there's an hourly fee with that. I'm like, and my accountant hourly fee. It's like, who can I just talk to? I had yeah. really nobody. And I wish that would have existed. That would have been great, great, great stuff. Cause yeah, and that's, you feel like you're just by yourself. You lot. are. And that's kind of the target market is the leaders, the entrepreneurs, the solopreneurs, the people that are striving for growth and defining success for themselves. The ones that are trying to figure out what the rest of their lives look like. And then how do I, like, I don't, if I'm, doing bad, you know, bad habits. Maybe I'm going out every night and drinking a lot of alcohol, or maybe I'm, I'm a smoker or whatever, or maybe I'm not uh, running, I'm sitting on the couch all day and I'm not feeling healthy, right? If you're not focused, you're not happy, you're not healthy. You're at the end of the day, 70, 80 years old, if you get there that far, you're not going to feel great about yourself. So mm. now's the time when you got to start making those shifts and reading your bad habits and focusing on the good ones. So I'm trying to give this mindset shift to others to realize that you are better than where you're at right now. And there's always a next level. Yeah, and that's what Apple flows. And by you coming in, sorry, I'm keeping no. Go for it. Almost. Go for it. I just have a lot to say about that. I, it, you know, it, as a business owner, when you come in to however big your team is, whether it's another person, whether you're by yourself or, or five people, ten people, fifteen people, they look at you to motivate them. Yeah. If you're in a bad, depressed mood because of 
you know, daily activity and just, man, I, I can't, I don't have any time and I'm stressed. I have nobody to talk to. They're going to see that it's going to be a sense and, you know, motivation will go down office wide and so will production. And so will they want to even be there. And then you're going to start having turnover. And the hardest thing to do is train. And that's the most expensive thing to do is train new employees. If, especially if you're by yourself right? and you're the one who has to do that. So yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's one of my, the, the things like it starts at the top. So if you're in a great mood and you come in every morning and you're motivating the troops, that's what's going to be the most productive as a business. I think oh, it's a, it, it makes a huge you. impact for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. the passion, the energy is just radiates out of both of you on this topic. <laughs> and I'm just so grateful to have you as a part of local first to have you in Arizona, a part of this community. Thank you both for all that you do, not only through your businesses, but just as individuals, um, Arizona is a better place um, with both of you here. So if you're listening and you want to get in touch with Stephen, you want to get in touch with Eric, um, we'll drop info on how to contact them in the show notes. Um, so please do not only if you want to do business with them, but if you want to get to know two really great people that we've been able to work with that local. Yeah, first, come have, so. let's go have coffee together or, you know, a drink or, you know, a, a, let's go come, come to the gym come to or the gym. Yeah, exactly. come run with me or let's just go have lunch or just Love get it. on a phone call. I, I don't We don't have to talk about credit card processing. I just like to get to know people in the community. Well, thanks, Eric. Thanks, Steve, for being on the show Thank today. You, really appreciate it. We hope you listening were inspired today, uh, hearing from leaders working to leave a legacy in Arizona through doing good business. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Business Radio, for hosting us and all of our legacy partners at Local First, including NextGen Partner Strategies and Journey Payroll. This is Thomas Barr from Local First Arizona reminding you that if we want to build a better state, we need to connect deeply with the local businesses that make us proud to call this place our home. 